0: Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek Him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. Hebrews 13, 15-16 reveals that though the Old Testament sacrificial system has come to an end, God still seeks a sacrifice from the Christian. Let us read. Therefore, by him let us offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, confessing his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So let's look at this passage. And let me just start by the phrase, by Him. By Him. And I want to just say this to you. God must be approached with a sacrifice. God must be approached with a sacrifice. The whole scheme of worship in Israel was teaching this one basic idea, this one basic and central point. If you're to draw near to a holy God, And you, being sinful and unholy, you can only draw near to Him with a sacrifice. We have sinned. Our sin demands the punishment of death. Our sin separates us from a holy and just God. Sin places a dark barrier, an impenetrable barrier between us and God so that we cannot approach Him and we cannot enjoy Him in close relationship. You come near to God in your sins and you'll suffer the consequence of his holy justice. We can't do it. We can't draw near to him. But here's a problem. And the problem is this, that there is no sustained life. There is no abundant life apart from God. And so how is it that we might experience a no abundant, sustained life when we're actually driven from him and we can't approach him? It's a conundrum but God has an answer for us. God makes a way. He provides uh, punishment or he provides or devises to take the punishment away from us by providing a sacrifice in our place. And in the Old Testament, God commanded animal sacrifices to be brought to the temple. And these sacrifices were types. They were symbols or expressions, you might say. They were lessons that were being acted out. They were Physical parables being played out demonstrating that God was going to provide a sacrifice. God was going to provide something to take upon itself the sin and the punishment that man deserved. And so men brought these sacrifices as an expression, as a demonstration, that they trusted that one day God would provide the final fulfillment or the final necessary sacrifice to take away all of their sins. And to make it possible for them to stand before God and by faith, actually reckoning upon what God would provide in bringing those sacrifices, God made a way for them to stand in His presence and to find life in His presence. Ultimately, God provided that sacrifice. God has made that pathway for sinful people to come and live in His presence because God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ. He's come. He's lived the sinless life that we could not have lived ourselves, that we failed to live. He died in our place as the final sacrifice for our sins. Now listen, that's what it means by saying, by Him, by Him you come to the presence of God. By Him you come before Him. It's by Jesus Christ, but it's by His sacrifice in your place. It's by the way of the altar that He established at His cross. So at the cross of Jesus Christ, that represents the sacrifice He paid for your sins so that you could be forgiven. And God could forgive you because the payment had been made. By Him, you come into God's presence. You come near to Him. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, because all of life, everything that's good and right is found in the presence of God, a presence that our sins drive us from. And the only way to find life is to come back into God's presence. And the only way back into God's presence is through Christ and His cross by Him. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, I have determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Why? Because all life, all benefit, all future glory, all purpose, all meaning, all life, must come by Him, must come by Him, because it's found in the presence of God. So having approached God through the altar of the cross, having come to God by way of Christ's sacrifice for our sins, because you must approach God through a sacrifice, what do you do? What do you do? That's the question, and our passage gives the answer. Having come to God by this one supreme sacrifice of Jesus Christ, dying in our place for our sins, suffering the atonement and suffering the outpoured wrath of God against sin, having come now that a sacrifice has been made to us, having been come to God by that sacrifice, what are we to do? The passage says this We are to keep bringing a sacrifice. We come by way of the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and then having come by that way, we find out that what we do is we continue to offer sacrifices to God. And so here it says, let us continually offer a sacrifice by Him. We come through Jesus Christ. We come through the sacrifice He made for us. Jesus has borne away the wrath of God that was set against us. And now as we come into the presence of God, we bring a different sacrifice. This isn't an atoning sacrifice. This isn't a payment for our sins. This isn't something that we do to somehow make up for the wrong that we've done. All of that's done, been done by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has paid for all of your sins. There's nothing more that you need do to pay for one sin you ever have committed or ever will commit. He's done it all. And by Him, you come into the presence of God, but you still have to bring a sacrifice. No, This is the sacrifice or the sacrifices of thanksgiving of praise to God, that you offer up to God from the ground that you've gained in His presence because your sins have been paid for. The Christian is to act out, and here's the point of this passage, the Christian, in response to this access, this gain ground that Christ has won for us at His cross, the Christian now lives their life acting out a continual sacrifice of praise to God, through lip and life, and this is what pleases God. The Christian is to live their life as a continual sacrifice through lip and life of praise to Him, and this is pleasing to God. Here's a number of things I want you to note in the passage, and the first thing I want you to note is this. It says, let us continually. You see that? The word is at all times or in all things. Let us continually offer up this sacrifice. If you go to Leviticus chapter 7, you'll see that there is listed in the first part of the book of Leviticus a number of different sacrifices that are made. There is the trespass offering, the sin offering, the burnt offering, and there's the peace offering. And the peace offering was made, and within the peace offering, there was a provision that it might be used as an expression of thanksgiving. And so in Leviticus chapter 7, we learn about what's called the sacrifice of thanksgiving or the thank-offering. And there were different reasons in which you would offer up this thank offering. First, a person might make a vow to God. And after they fulfilled that vow to God or that pledge to God, at the end of that period in which they carried out that vow, they would bring a thank offering to God. During that time of the vow, whatever it was, some time of denial in their life, something in which they pledged something to God, they learned something from God. They experienced some some grace from God. And at the end of that vow, they would give a thank offering to God. Another individual might just voluntarily bring a thank offering because it has dawned on him as he considers his life how good it is and how God is blessing him and, and just how good God is in general. And so at different times, because of the impulse of the sense of God's goodness, they could bring a thank offering to God. But the most common way in which a person would bring a thank offering to God would be as the result of some unique outpouring of benefit or blessing that they received in their life. Their ship came in. The trade that they were involved in was uniquely successful. The commodities of the wheat they grew was so high, they made more money this year than any year before. Whatever it was, on that occasion of some wonderful, great benevolence, some wonderful, great blessing, they would be prompted out of their gratitude to come and give a gift or thank offering to God. You'll see an example of this in 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel, you have the account of Hannah. And Hannah is barren. She has no children. And this is a great grief to her heart. And Hannah goes to the tabernacle of God. And there in the tabernacle of God, she pours out with brokenness a cry to God that God would bless her and give her a child. And a blessing is promised to her. Nine months later, she has a child. And the little child's name is Samuel. And the name Samuel that she gives to the child is, it means God has heard. And then at the end of that time, At the end of the period in which after Samuel is born, she weans the child Samuel. It's probably likely in those days, believe it or not, ladies, three years later. And after the baby is weaned, she goes back to the tabernacle and we're told that she makes an offering before the Lord. She brings a bowl, she brings bread or grain, and she brings wine, which were all ingredients that were made in the thank offering. And she brings it to the tabernacle to give a thank offering to God for this benevolence. This blessing of this little boy that God heard her praying for, Samuel. And as she offers it before God in the first part of chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, she says to God, my heart exalts in the Lord. My horn, it means my strength, is exalted in the Lord. My mouth boasts over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. She sees through this child that not only God has blessed her with this gift, but it opens up to a view of how God is so powerful and mighty in bringing all and every element of need in her life, including salvation. I can trust God for that as well. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. And she brings her thank offering to him. It's interesting, by the way. People didn't do this all the time. They just did it sporadically. They only did it on occasions when they felt uniquely Blessed. They only did it on those occasions when they felt like their ship had come in. But in our passage, we're being commanded to give the thank offering in Hebrews chapter 13, but we're told to do it sporadically at all times. Always, continually offer to God our thank offering. Why? Because our salvation in Jesus Christ, bought for us at the cross of Jesus Christ, has opened up for us an outpoured, unending infusion or outpouring of God's blessing that will never, never end. It will never diminish. It will only increase throughout all eternity. In light of the blessing that is ours, in light of the unending benevolence that shall never abate itself, never withdraw itself, we are to live our lives out in an ongoing and continual expression of unending, the sacrifice of unending praise. Here's a second thing to note here, that this is called a sacrifice. Have you thought of that before? Praise and thanksgiving. It's called a sacrifice. A sacrifice always entails an act of surrender. You're surrendering something up to God. Actually, when they brought the animal and they sacrificed the animal and laid it up, the animal still represented them. They were saying, I sacrifice this to God. Here's an interesting thing. Here's why I think this, act, this expression of sacrifice wasn't in any way an act of atonement. Because if you read later in Leviticus, there was one sacrifice that people were allowed to bring where the animal could have a blemish in it. The animal could have a flaw in it. You know what it was? It was the thanksgiving offering. That could have a flaw in it. Why? Because they're offering up themselves. Flawed as they are. Another surrender to God. Thanks for joining us today for the radio ministry, The Bread of Life, sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. To learn more about either one of these ministries, go to cpeonline.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.